Monday. Welcome to the Colby Daniels Podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, CBD, and Delta 8. I'm a customer at Artisan Botanicals, and they are great people, uh, and they're, they're here to help. If you have any questions about these products or how they can benefit your life, do not hesitate to give Artisan Botanicals a call, 405-458-9699. Right now, we are saving you 15% off your online order. Visit abotanicalcompany.com. Use the discount code COLBYSHOW and save 15% off your online order. I, I was there last week. They have a drive through for pickup, so... You come in, you get it through the drive-through, you're out in like it took me like a minute and a half. It's very safe and efficient. So check it out. And again, don't be afraid to ask any questions. They are absolutely dedicated to helping you live a better life. Artisan Botanicals, a botanical company.com. All right, we uh a wild, wild day as we're getting ready for Bedlam 2 tonight. Uh, what an awesome game it was on Saturday. Just an incredible rivalry matchup. And then to know that you have one two days later uh, is is pretty amazing. Cade Cunningham was outstanding. It goes to overtime. And now they bounce back tonight. I, I'm really excited to see um, you know how each of these teams respond. Uh, so we'll talk about that as well as uh, everything else going on in, in this crazy day. Uh, by the way, uh, as I was recording this earlier, I had to stop and basically reset because J.J. Watt broke the news that he had signed with the Arizona Cardinals. This is uh, this is an awesome signing, somewhat unexpected. I, I don't think anybody had Arizona as a finalist. Um, I, you know, I, I was leaning Green Bay or Cleveland. Uh, Green Bay seemed to make the most sense, I think, when you just think of the Wisconsin tie. Um, schematically what Green Bay does, their positions of need, it just seemed like a natural fit for him to go to Green Bay, not to mention their contenders. So, um, you know, I think he wants to go somewhere where he's going to have the opportunity to win. He's getting $23 million uh, for this two-year contract guaranteed. Uh, I think the deal's for 30-something total, but um, I, I love the idea of J.J. Watt opposite Chandler Jones in that defense. And, you know, when you when you add... The DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray offense, and and just you know as we continue to watch Kyler Murray get better in the NFL, uh, I'm I'm really excited about the Cardinals. If you listen to this podcast throughout the football season, you know how high I am on Kyler Murray in general. But I think the Arizona Cardinals are among the most interesting watches in all of the NFL, and this is only going to help that. So um, we'll talk a lot more about this whole deal on Wednesday with Aaron Davis, who's um well, was a massive Houston Texans fan uh, and a big J.J. Watt fan. So we'll uh, we'll get into that. But really cool to see J.J. Watt uh, have this new opportunity and really cool to see Kyler Murray's Cardinals add another piece that potentially puts them right on that list with contenders in the NFC. All right, today's guest talking Oklahoma State basketball, Bedlam basketball, as well as a few other Oklahoma State nuggets. We have Zach Lancaster with PokesReport.com and Triple Play Sports Radio. But, uh how are you? Uh, what's happening, man? I'm doing really good. Uh, this is a, an absolute beautiful weather day. Wife and I went for a little bit of a walk. Um, OSU lands a massive uh, in-state recruit. You know, Kate Cunningham, second straight week. He was named Big 12 Player of the Week and then the Big 12 Newcomer of the Week. Uh, I got to go to Obrey Stadium for the first time. We got seven <laughs> basketball tonight. I mean, this. This is the least Monday of all the Mondays I've had since, well, last March. <laughs> there you go. That's Hey, that's saying something, man. It's, yeah. We're turning it around, right? Finally, we're turning it around. 
Absolutely. <laughs> well, look, you know, Bedlam basketball is obviously exciting. Um, the Big 12 this season has been incredibly uh, competitive all year long. And then, you know, you get to this final week where Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have to play each other twice in the in the course of about a 72-hour stretch. Um, I, I can't imagine the first matchup. I mean, I, I'm sure Sooner fans would rather see a different outcome, but I can't imagine the first matchup giving you any more hype possibly for this this final game than what we got on Saturday. Oh, man. Uh, I expected Saturday's game to be entertaining, right? I, I think um, I, I, didn't, I didn't hear what your prediction was, but I would imagine it was probably like every other media member in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, both of these teams are too good to be swept, yeah. um, so it's most likely going to be a home-and-home split. Um, and, and honestly, when, when Brady Manick hit that layup with what? seven seconds left to go in the game to tie it up. I was like, oh, well, I uh, know this, this doesn't feel good. You know, it kind of, OSU had a chance and, and OU, they had an answer, but I, I, I I've been waiting and, and I know you have and, and every other media member, whether you cover OSU or OU and every OSU fan, we've been waiting for a performance like this from Cade. Um, and, and I'm not saying that, that he hasn't had great performances. I think it, what is it, 19 out of 20 games he's played this year, he scored in double digits. Uh, he's hit that 20 point mark several times. He's multiple, you know, multiple double doubles and several assists in every single game. So he certainly lived up to the billing and, and he was never projected as, you know, this dangerous scorer who's, who's just going to annihilate from the field Trey Young style every single night. Um, but, you know, Fran Priscilla mentioned it. I think it was the Texas game, uh, Texas Tech game last week. Uh, he was like, you know, Cade can drop 30 at any point. And I'm sitting there thinking, Cade hasn't hit 30 once this year. Uh, and then he comes out against OU. And, and that was one of the most spectacular performances. Um, and so it, it, it's been really fun to see the reaction on social media. You know, everyone is, everyone's begging for tickets. And, you know, everyone is, <laughs> I, I need, I need to see this. I need to see this. And, um, you know, we, we, you know, I, I, I mentioned this is the best Monday since last March when the pandemic started. Colby, could you imagine what Oklahoma, like what Gallagher Iba would be like if, if it were a full, you know, 13,000 fans in the, like there'd be students right now in tents outside Gallagher Iba waiting to get in. And this place, like the, the roof would be shaking. Yeah. Before like 20 minutes before tip off, this this would be one of the best games, uh, and it's going to be it's going to be a good game anyway. But I, I can't imagine what it would be like with you know 13,000 plus in GIA. So this, I, I get your opinion on this. I, I think I think the two bedlam games should be played like this every single year. I, I don't think you need to schedule one you know, the first of February and play the other one, the end of February or one in January, one in February. I think the big 12 needs to schedule these bad boys back to back for here on out. Yeah. Look, I, I kind of love it. Uh, especially in a year like this, where I, I think the two teams match up so well and, and, you know, I, I'm with you. I, I was in that camp that thought uh, there's no way that either one of these sweeps the other. I kind of felt like it would be a split scenario. Um you know, this, I love the fact that you have this quick turnaround and that it kind of yeah. feels like an NBA postseason type scenario where you play, you have a, a day to kind of figure out how to fix the problems that you had, and you're right back on the floor to, to give it another go. And, and that to me is fantastic because, you know, if you're OU, 
you just had this guy score 40 points on you. That is, you know, one of the best freshmen, one of the best players in all of college basketball. And I'm curious to see if, if how drastically they change their approach. Is it going to be a situation where they basically sell out to prevent Cade Cunningham from beating them? And, and maybe it's, you know, easier for everybody else to score. Um, sometimes I think when you have great games like that and say they happen, you know, January 28th, and then the second matchup is February 26th, I mean, teams could be completely different squads uh, by the time mm-hmm. they match up the second time around. So I kind of love the fact that we have the quick turnaround, the immediate adjustments. Um, if, if Cade Cunningham were to go off again, I mean, that that would be absolutely incredible. But yeah, I, I love the, the quick turnaround. I love the fact that in a year that I think both schools overachieved to a degree, you have them closing the season out against each other. Well, yeah, you know, you, I think you hit on it. You go back to... You go back to, to that first matchup, right? And it's supposed to be January 16th, um, OSU. That that was the middle of their, you know, we're struggling to close out games. Yeah. You know, December 16th, a month prior, you lose at home to TCU. And then you, you're up double digits on Texas Tech, and then you allow a 19-point run or whatever it was there in the second half. You go down and you upset Texas Tech in overtime, and then you allow another double-digit comeback by West Virginia. Um you have to you have to score quite a bit of points late to beat uh, Kansas State up in Manhattan. You you knock off a, a really talented Kansas team in Stillwater, and then all of a sudden, boom, you get Bedlam. Um, I don't know if that I, I, I don't know if that game and, and I, I get this it was the Stillwater matchup, um, but I don't think you get a I don't think you get a, a game like you got this past weekend. You know I, I don't know if OU was really starting to roll then and. And I, I don't know if you'd have that that outcome. And, and Oklahoma State, you know, going into that game on Saturday had won four out of five, including, you know, two huge upsets, Texas and, and Texas Tech. Um, so, yeah, I, these are these are two vastly different teams. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what OU does, right? I mean, I, I think OSU is playing some of their best basketball, and that was that was one of the most emotional wins we've seen from a Mike Boynton squad since he's been the head coach, but you know, you get OU that suffered just a, a really bizarre, inexcusable, unexplainable uh, game to Kansas state on the road. It, it goes back to the old thing. It doesn't matter how bad Kansas state is in any sport. They're going to find a way to beat OU. Um, but then you turn around and like you said, you let, you know, I, that maybe that's the wrong thing, thing to say. They, they didn't let Kate Cunningham do it. Uh, Cade, Cade rose up, and but you allowed Cade Cunningham to drop 40 points in Norman, um, and this this is a talented OU team. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, you know what Lon Kruger does to try to stop him, and and I think you're right. I I think you're gonna I think you're gonna go back and and see what what other Big 12 teams have have done to try to stop Cade. I think you're gonna see a lot of double, uh, a lot of triple teams. Which you know, I'm I'm interested to see if Isaac Likely is going to be back. You know, is that is that hand going to be ready enough? Because you know, if if OU does try to sell out to try to stop Kate Cunningham, you're going to need a big performance from Ice. You know, you're going to need you're going to need Bryce Williams to figure it out like he did there in the second half and overtime from beyond the arc. You're going to need Caleb Boone to have another really solid performance. Same with Rondell Walker. Um, so in Avery Anderson, you're going to need a, a big time performance out of Avery Anderson. I, I think Kate is going to get his points. Um, is he going to is he going to be the third player uh, to, to drop 40 points against yeah. OU? I, I think 40 would would be a little bit of a stretch. I'd love to be wrong, 
Um, but he'll he'll get his points. But I, I think after that performance on Saturday, you're going to need a, you're going to need the rest of the team to step up to, to fill in from from OU trying to shut him down. Yeah, look, I, I think the storylines with this one, you can you can approach it from a bunch of different angles. You mentioned OU and just how they approach just the Cade Cunningham situation uh, two days later after that incredible performance. Uh, who steps up for Oklahoma State knowing that there's going to be, I, I think, a, an added uh, amount of focus on Cade Cunningham? And then look... Cade Cunningham himself, you know, I, sometimes players have games like that and the next time out, you know, they they may force the issue to try and match what they did the time before or, you know, sometimes they know that that they're going to there's going to be an incredible amount of pressure and focus on them and and they adjust their game accordingly. Maybe that means mm-hmm. scoring a bunch of points, maybe that means setting people up, but Cade Cunningham knows that there's going to be a bigger focus on him this time around than there was on Saturday. And I'm, you know, I'm curious to see how he responds to that. The guy is incredible. And you kind of talked about it earlier with, with the scoring, there's not really a blemish on Cade Cunningham's game, but I think Mm -hmm. for me all year long, I've just been kind of waiting for more of those moments that we saw on Saturday where he's the best player on the floor and he just takes games over and he puts it on his shoulders. Uh, I I think it's an incredible testament to what a a team player he is, what a teammate he is as a point guard, your responsibility to make everybody better. But in the game of basketball, it doesn't matter what position you are. When you are the best player, there have to be those situations that you just take it over because you're that much better than everybody. And I I loved seeing that from him on Saturday. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, and I, I hesitate to say not, um, but that I think that was one of the biggest questions that that OSU fans and media and national media all had. You know, at one point it was you know he he would get three or four assists in the first half, but but he'd have four or five turnovers, and then he would you know he'd go into half with like seven points, you know, and then and then he'd come out and he'd drop you know fifteen to twenty points in the second half, and and it was always so impressive. It was it was such an impressive thing to watch. But the question, you know, at least going into the last couple of weeks was, you know, when is when is Cade going to have that first half performance? Um, and and we've we've seen that in the past few games. Um, and then the question was, you know, when is he really going to turn it on and just absolutely take over a game? And we saw that uh, on Saturday. I, I I don't. I think we'll see a bit of a dip from Cade, but that's just because you know it's it's going to be hard to top a forty point performance. Um, but the, the beauty about Cade is that he's good enough that he can go out there and he's like, like I said, he's going to get his points. Um, I, I, I would think that OU is going to do all they can to try to stop Cade. Um, I, I don't know if they're going to go, you know, if they're going to go all out and sell out and, and, you know, triple team him every time Cade's down the court because Oklahoma state is, you know, proven in the past few weeks that they are dangerous enough, dangerous enough that, you know, they'll, they'll get, you know, 15 to 20 points from Avery Anderson, 15 to 20 from, from Caleb Boone. And, you know, Bryce Williams is going to hit a lot. I, I think that, I, I think you're right. You know, I, I think you look at Cade and, and, and he's going to realize, like I, he knew as soon as he left, you know, the Lloyd Noble Center last, you know, last Saturday that, that OU was going to, they were going to step it up. You know, they're, they're going to try to, they're going to try to figure out a way to stop him. Um, and, and Boynton knew that, you know, he knows that as well. So I'd be curious if, if Avery, or not Avery, if, if Isaac is back, you know, if Isaac likely is, you know, we, we knew that, that, that he was out for a few weeks with, you know, nursing that, that foot ailment. And then we find out 
going into Bedlam that he, you know, he banged up his hand. So um, if, if Isaac likely is back, then, then I expect him to, I expect him to be one of the players that, that pick up the slack. You know, if, if OU is able to, to try to, to shut down Cade, then I expect Isis to really step up. Um, Avery Anderson is playing some really, really good basketball. Um, I expect him to, to have a really big game. Um, I think Bryce, you know, Bryce Williams had really struggled from the field um, the past two to three weeks, and, and he really came into his own in that second half. So I, I expect Bryce to, and, you know, it's technically a senior night. We don't know if, we don't know if Bryce or Farron Flavors is going to take advantage of the, that extra year from the NCAA. Um, so it very possibly could be their last home game in, in GIA. Um, so I, I expect Bryce to carry it over. Um, Caleb is really starting to feel himself. He's, he's really starting to play confident basketball down low in the paint. So I expect Caleb to have a, a pretty decent performance. Um, and, and, you know, with Cade, I, I think he's, you know, I kind of sound like a broken record, but I, I don't know if, if OU could do enough. And, 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 and that's not a knock on Lon Kruger or, or, or the Sooners because they're really talented, but, that, that, you know, we've seen, you know, he had 21 against Iowa State, he had 20 against Tech, and he put up 40 against OU. This is going to be his last game in GIA. The, the, the program is at a fever pitch. The fan base is at a fever pitch. Um, it, it's very obvious that Cade is playing his best basketball now at the absolute right time. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think Cade will – I think we'll see – you know, some of that second half and, and overtime Cade, I, I think he's going to knock down a lot of shots in people's eyes. Um, and I, I'm not sure, like, I, I, OU will, they'll, they'll do all they can, but, but I think he's, I think he's going to, he's going to drop his points and, and it's not really going to matter. Is there any sense of nervousness with the whole NCAA thing? And I, I think we all kind of like, in a normal situation would, would think, well, there's no way that they're going to jump in at this point and say, Mm -hmm. you know, you're you're not going, but it is the NCAA. So I think that that on its own, just maybe for me would at least make me a little bit nervous that I wouldn't put it past them to just be like, Hey, uh, no, you're not going to the NCAA tournament. That said, we all know they're about money. And anytime you have Mm -hmm. a guy like Cade Cunningham scoring 40 points right before the tournament, that, that brings a lot of eyeballs. And which in yeah, turn brings yeah. a lot of money if if uh, they are in that situation. Yeah. So I, uh, with with the NCAA and Oklahoma State, you know their track record with Oklahoma State. I think there's always cause for concern. Yeah. I'll just I'll I'll start off with that. It's and I, I don't think that the NCAA sets out. You know, and I'm I'm, I'm going to try to take my conspiracy theorist hat off here, uh, and I'm going to try to speak from a place of you know being non biased. Um, but, but the NCAA has a, uh, you know, they, they have a record of, you know, sticking it to Oklahoma state, whether OSU deserves it or not. I mean, you look at, you know, you look at the NCAA's decision to, to virtually not punish South Carolina last week, you know, and I think they were, that was a, a you know, a nose thumb into Oklahoma state, you know? So I, yeah. I, you, we found out, was it last month, the NCAA lost, what was it? 600, $700 million by not playing the NCAA tournament. Um, I think that the NCAA would be foolish to not allow, you know, the hottest player in the country to play at the very least one NCAA tournament game. Yeah. Um, when, when, when the big 12 came out and announced that Baylor was going to be making up games even before they came out and announced that I, you know, I was talking on, talking on uh, my radio show on triple play sports that, um, 
when when the if and when the Big Twelve decides they're going to replay, you know, have Baylor make up those games, they're not going to send Baylor out. Real, they're probably not going to send them out on the road to play, you know, potential upset games. They're going to one of those games is going to be Oklahoma State in in Waco, you know, because you that was something the Big Twelve missed out on back in January. You know, they, you know, when Cade Cade was missed those few games with COVID, they they missed they missed out on some big time money, um, and that's. You know, you like you mentioned, Cade dropping forty points against OU. You know, Oklahoma State is is ranked in the. I think this is the highest they've been ranked since uh, two thousand and fourteen. Wow. This will be the first top. Yeah, this will be the and that's, they're ranked seventeenth. This is the highest that they've been ranked since two thousand fourteen. You know, you look at the uh, the Bedlam game tonight. This will be the first time since two thousand and five that both teams have been ranked in the top twenty. Um, and then, you know, you look at the rest of Oklahoma State's schedule and they've got, they've, they've got a matchup with Baylor and they've got a matchup with West Virginia, two top, you know, 10, top 15 type teams. So Oklahoma State is, they're, they're rolling and everyone in the country is talking about it. And, and I, this isn't me saying I, I would love to see Oklahoma State play basketball and I want to see Kate Cunningham play more basketball. But I think you look at, you look at the way they dismiss South Carolina's, you know, severe punishments, and I, I, I would just think that the NCAA is going to try to either take as they would be smart to wait until April to to try to figure out Oklahoma State's punishment. Um, but again, you know, like like everyone knows, it's it's Oklahoma State and the NCAA. So um, knock on wood, but I, I don't. I don't think I'd be surprised if anything came before the, the big big tournament. This time a week ago, I, I was looking at, at all the bracketology stuff, and uh, I think it was Joe Lenardi or Jerry Palm, I can't remember which, uh, had Oklahoma State as an 8 or a 9. Uh, yeah. fast, fast forward one week, and I just saw this like probably an hour ago. Jerry Palm has OSU at 4. Uh, and and then again, so much can still change over the next week with as many games as there are that have to be played at I think this adds a lot of urgency and value to co- college basketball games that aren't there in a, in a normal situation. I, I think it's, this is kind of a cool ending for college basketball, in my opinion. No, absolutely. And, and you're right. It's, uh, it's actually Jerry Palm and both Joe Lenardi have Oklahoma state as four seeds. Um, Robert, Robert Allen, our publisher put out an article after the, after the Bedlam game, uh, an updated bracketology type thing. And, Lenardi and Palm both have OSU as four seeds, um, or excuse me, uh, Palm has them as a five seed, and, and Lenardi has them as a seven seed. I was looking at the wrong thing, um, but still, I mean, uh, th- this last the last two weeks for Oklahoma State um, has absolutely been beneficial, and and it's it's weird, you know, it's it's weird to be sitting here the the first week of March and thinking, all right, well, we've still got three regular season games to go yeah. here. Um, and, and if you look, like I said, you know, earlier, if you look at those matchups, you know, Oklahoma state has a chance to, to really, I, I think even, you know, even if they can't somehow find a way to get past Baylor in West Virginia, you know, West Virginia, they're top 15 and Baylor's top 10, you know? So, um, if, if, even if they're really solid performances, then, then I think you're, you know, if you're the, if you're the NCAA and you're trying to figure out you know, where we're going to seed these teams, um, you know, you, I think you're looking at Oklahoma State and you're kind of licking your chops a little bit. You know, they're they're one of the hotter teams in the country right now. They've got a really solid 
three games remaining left on this schedule. Um, and, and same with Baylor and same with OU and same with West Virginia. And, and you've got other teams across the country that are, that are playing makeup games. And then you're going to, you're going to go right into to conference tournaments with a chance to, to make those resumes look even better. Um, and this, it's a weird year. You know, I, 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 I would probably be lying to you if I, if I told you, uh, this time last year that, Oklahoma, that that any basketball would be being played in 21 you know it it it, it seemed like with the with the the you know really getting into that pandemic that the world was going to come to an end um and then you know we had a full football season and looking like we're going to get a full basketball season in and um this this is some of the this is some of the most fun basketball that that I can remember in you know in the in the last 3 to 4 years with, with how everything is really starting to shape up and play out. Yeah, no doubt. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's such a, I don't know, I, it, it's a sport where there's just so many teams obviously get into the postseason tournament. And when mm-hmm. you, when you have the opportunity to play a bunch of games in a short period of time and potentially see so many different paths toward, you know, where you might land, I, that, that to me is just more interesting for the sport than us basically going into the last week where, I mean, you, you, you have two games and we kind of know like, okay, you're probably here. If you win, you're here. If you lose, you're mm-hmm. here. And that's, it's most of the time, I think it's pretty cut and dry as to what the situation is going to be. This is cool because there are still so many things at play in literally the final week that it could go a number of ways. So I just kind of like the way that this has happened for college basketball. I don't know if it's bringing more attention to it, but it certainly can't hurt to kind of add that element of urgency and unknown on the mm-hmm. final week of, of the regular season. Um, well, and I, I think Baylor is a, is a, is a prime example of that. You know, it, it, looking across the landscape of college basketball, it was Baylor and Gonzaga were the two teams yeah. that were most likely going to get paired up on the opposite ends of the bracket and, and meet up in, you know, meet up in that championship game. And then, you know, Baylor misses what was it, six straight games, right? And then they nearly got upset by Iowa State and Waco, and then they went to Lawrence and and got beat pretty handily. You know, I'm I'm not saying that that Baylor is going to continue this, but you know, they they've got three games left on the schedule. They go to Morgantown, and then they've got Oklahoma State at home, and then they wrap up with Texas Tech. You know, if they if they somehow, I, I could potentially see them going to West Virginia and getting beat. You know, and, and it's possible they could drop, you know, to, to Oklahoma State or Texas Tech and, sure. and go into the big dance, not a number one seed. So, yeah, you're right. It's it's a it's a topsy turvy year. And I, I think it I think it brings more attention the, to, to how things are going to play out. Yeah. Uh, I hit a couple things before I let you run. Uh, big recruit for Oklahoma State. Yeah. Football. Yeah. Yeah. So we find out uh, middle of last week. Um, the number one prospect uh, in the state of Oklahoma, Kendall Daniels, there in the 21 class, four-star safety out of Beggs, um, was was no longer happy uh, down in uh, down in College Station. Find out that the the defensive analyst that had uh, had really helped uh, bring him in had uh, had left for uh, had left for Miami, and so you know he wanted out of his LOI, and you know less than a week later he lands in Stillwater. Um, that's, it's a huge, huge signing, uh, for, for Mike Gundy, you know, obviously he's the number four safety in the, in the country, in the 21 class, you can, you know, just looking at, um, you just look at the, at the signing class, 
in the 21 class that, that Oklahoma State has brought in. And, and Daniels is the seventh uh, defensive back that, that Jim Knowles brought in during this class. Um, several of the top prospects in the state of Oklahoma, four of them, four of the top eight prospects uh, in the state of Oklahoma have signed with Oklahoma State all on the defensive side. You know, you look at you know, Kendall Daniels, uh, four-star prospect. You look at Aiden Kelly, a four-star defensive end out of Thomas. And then you've got Ty Williams, one of the best prospects in the state. He's a safety out of Muskogee. And then Colin Oliver, we, you know, he continues that uh, Edmund Santa Fe to Stillwater pipeline. He's a, you know, he's an outside edge rusher, trace forward type of kid. Um, and this, this is a huge pickup. You know, I've, the, I've been getting a question, you know, a lot of questions the past, uh, past two to three hours. Well, where, you know, where are they going to put them? How come, you know, what's the scholarship situation look like? Well, <laughs> they will find a they way. They will figure it uh, out. <laughs> they will figure out a way to get a, a, a consensus top 150 player in the country uh, into Stillwater. And that's, I, I, I love what Oklahoma State has been able to do on the offensive side. You know, it, they, they consistently are one of the top five, top ten offenses in the country. Um, but I was, I was joking around with, the, with the, the reporters that were in Obrick yesterday. Um, you know, we, we were all talking about, you know, the upcoming football season. And I said, you know, there's, there's two people on the Oklahoma State campus right now, two coaches that deserve to be handed blank checks to keep them in Stillwater. One of them is Mike Boynton with what he's done with the basketball program. And the other is Jim Knowles. <laughs> with what Jim Knowles has been able to do in Stillwater over the last three seasons, is is nothing short of miraculous and you look at the signing class that he's bringing in the, the caliber of players uh jim knowles has taken um and it's not a knock on oklahoma state but he's taken a, a team a defense that historically has not been great in a league that is not known for defenses and he has churned out you know top 10 top 15 defense in the country so uh, i think uh, i think that athletic department needs to do anything and everything they can to keep that man in Stillwater. Yeah, huge get, and uh, obviously it has to be the last name. Yeah, it, I, you know, and when 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 I first heard it over the phone, um, I was like, "Colby's playing that. Colby's playing football." Uh, but oh no, Kendall. Okay, Kendall. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We share that last name, though. That's you know, it's uh, I'm rooting for him. I, he's future star, Kendall Daniels for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last thing, and I'll let you run. Uh, O'Brate Stadium. You were there Oof. over the weekend. Um, you kind of gushed about it a little bit before we we started hitting uh, record. But uh, I I was mm-hmm. super jealous at all the people that got to take it in. Uh, I, I got to go to a um, a college baseball game last week myself, watching my brother in law. But man, that stadium just in the photos looks amazing. Yeah. So um, I, not I want to I want to preface this by saying. Um, that I, I fully believe that Oklahoma State deserves the nicest facilities in the country, and that that it's not uh, it's not a knock when I say that when I walked into Obrate, it did not feel like I was in Stillwater. Um, you know, Boone Pickens is is one of the nicest facilities in the country. Everyone knows how special and how nice Gallagher Iba is. Um, Neil Patterson, Patterson Stadium over there for the, for women's soccer. You got the Michael and Ann Greenwood tennis facility. I mean, that's spectacular. The indoor facility. But when I, when I walked into Obrey, uh, yesterday, it just, it didn't feel like Oklahoma State. I, I mean, it, 
I went to the the regional, the baseball regional in Fayetteville a few years ago, and it it, it felt like I was walking into like an SEC type stadium. Um, absolutely immaculate. Um, going into it, everyone talked about how it was going to be nicer than you know seventy seventy five percent of the minor league stadiums in the country. Absolutely lived up to billing. I mean, the photos, the photos of this place are are insane, and they absolutely do not do that park justice. Um, when we talked to when we talked to, to Josh Holiday the other day, um, he was saying that you know Alley P was special. Alley P was a ballpark. Obrate is a baseball stadium. Um, it, <laughs> it, it, I, like, that, I yeah. don't care. I don't care if you are an OSU fan, an OU fan, a Tulsa fan, or ORU or whatever. You're a Wichita State fan living, you know, living down in Oklahoma. Everyone needs to get to Obrate Stadium to watch a game because it is absolutely spectacular. I, I can't even begin to describe. Uh, just how amazing it is, and 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 it was only with like twenty three hundred people, you know, whatever yeah, the yeah. whatever the minimum is. Um, but that place is expandable up to I think it's like eighty five hundred, eighty six hundred. Um, I cannot wait to be there when the, that first ballpark, uh, that first game is sold out. Uh, whenever that might be, because it's <laughs> this place is. Oh my gosh! You you yeah. got to find a way to get up sometime in the next couple of weeks because it's mm, hopefully soon, beautiful. man. The sun is shining, so I mean, I, I see, I look out the window and I see sunshine, and I'm I'm all in on on being anywhere that's outdoors. So uh, yeah, it, yeah, it like looks 60, awesome. Sixty five degrees. Yeah, it's it's yeah. really nice. So yeah, I'm I'm all in. I'll have to make the trip up there and and look. I I, I mean, Josh Josh Holiday and that group uh, certainly deserve it for everything they yeah. they've been able to to pull off. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, this was that, and this, this was my first time, uh, you know, obviously it's my first time in the stadium. It was, uh, it was a little surreal seeing a, uh, multi, uh, major league all-star and, <laughs> and, uh, champion down there on the first yeah, baseline yeah. With, uh, with Matt Hoff. And it was funny though, because, you know, everyone's wearing these, you know, they're wearing those face gaiters and they got sunglasses on. So you can't really see, you know, exactly who's out there, but you know, it's Matt holiday cause he's wearing, uh, He's wearing some uh, orange and white uh, Jordans down there on nice. the <laughs> walking nice. walking around wearing the nicest kicks in the ballpark. So yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a hell of a thing, and I I can't wait to get back and and you got to experience it as a fan. You know, like it was it was a lot of fun up in the press box. Um, they have they have a big set of windows that you can open up and make it a, like an open air press box. Yeah, um, which is which is really spectacular. But I I can't wait to to be down in the stadium, you know, with like a beer and a hot dog and, right. and, and getting into getting to enjoy it. Cause it's, it's a heck of a thing. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to check it out. I spent many days uh, up there in that corner next to Tom Dorado and Kevin fight watching baseball games. Yep. Alley P. So uh, I guess, I guess uh, the next time I'm up there, Tom's going to have to show me where his spot is, but yeah. I'm, I'll tell you right now, you won't like, I understand that the history and the tradition of Alley P and Oklahoma State baseball is is one of the best in the country. But when you walk in, you kind of have a uh, you kind of you kind of have a momentary uh, lapse, and yeah. you don't you know you you can't even really remember what Alley P was like. That's awesome. Yeah. Zach, Absolutely. always appreciate it, man. Uh, I'm going to make a quick statement real quick, and you can either agree or disagree, but I thought it was a travesty that uh, Brandon Whedon was uh, not on the uh, quarterback list last Friday. 
if you go through that list and you read through the one to two year quarterbacks that put up 42, 4,300 yards in, in a season or two, Brandon Whedon threw for over 9,000 yards and led Oklahoma State to their only Big 12 championship and won a, a New Year's Six, you know, type of, type of bowl game in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, the only thing I could think of is the, the the kid that wrote the article is too young to remember 2011, or he has Clearly. some kind of some kind of age limit on on how old you can be when you completed these stats. Because Brandon Whedon deserved to be at the very least top 30, yeah, if if not higher than 30. So yeah, travesty is the perfect where I. I think I use I think I use travesty maybe fifteen times uh, during my radio show on Friday. It's an absolute joke. I kn- I knew that that was going to get a reaction from you, and I was asked on Friday even if I thought that there was an argument for Mason Rudolph to be ahead of Brandon Whedon, and I'm like, I, no, 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 not even no. close. Like I, I, Mason Mason had the better career because he was there longer. You know, and Mason holds I think no fewer than fifty four uh, programs. Uh, program records, but but what Brandon yeah. Whedon did, like I, I, Mason, deserved to be on the list. I, I don't think it's one or the other in 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 terms of Brandon Whedon or Mason Rudolph. But could you imagine? And, and I'm I'll, I'm not going to question the coaching staff's decision to not start Brandon Whedon in 2009 because there's there's obviously a reason that you know maybe Brandon didn't practice well and they weren't sure and let's go with Alex Tate. But could you imagine? The, the the level uh, that Brandon Whedon would be at if he had played that 2000, a, a complete yeah. 2009 season. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just, I don't I mean, know how, my goodness. nothing against Mason Rudolph. I just don't think, no. I don't think that he's even close to Brandon Whedon. This would be like, no. even though Kyler Murray only played one year at Oklahoma, it would be like saying Landry Jones is better than Kyler Murray, in my opinion. Yeah. He was there yeah, longer it, it, and he has stats, but... I don't think yeah. that anybody's making the argument for Landry Jones ahead of Kyler Murray, so I don't know how just because Mason Rudolph played more games, you make the argument for Mason Rudolph over Brandon Wheaton. So that's yeah, all. and I, I just I think it was like there's no way that they just left him off the list because he didn't deserve to be on it. Like I'll I fully believe that it was just like uh, it had to have been some kind of lapse of judgment or memory, or they just forgot that he played football because he, yeah he's a he's a top like he's he deserves to be no lower than 30th on that list. I'm not saying he's top 10 all time, but, but there's no reason that he shouldn't be in the top 30. It's a, it's a, it's a, you're right. It's a travesty. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right, man. I, I knew, uh, I knew that was going to get a response from you. I gotta so, go. Uh, I gotta go take, I got radio at three and <laughs> I got radio in 30 minutes, man. I gotta, I gotta go take a nap or something. I'm all, all, right. I'm, all my, I'm shaking. Woosa, woosa. Take some breaths, get some oxygen <laughs> in the lungs. You'll be set. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Zach, always appreciate it, buddy. We'll catch up soon. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Always fun. Zach Lancaster with PokesReport.com and Triple Play Sports Radio. That is it for this episode of the Colby Daniels Podcast presented by Artisan Botanicals in Midwest City. Check out their line of natural medicine products, including Kratom, 
CBD and Delta 8. Uh, I'm a customer at Artisan Botanicals, and I, I can just tell you, I have absolutely benefited from my relationship with them and what they've done for me. If you have any questions whatsoever about these products or how they can benefit you, don't hesitate to give Artisan Botanicals a call, 405-458-9699. Uh, we're also saving you 15% off your online order, abotanicalcompany.com. Use the discount code Colby Show and you'll save 15%. Easy and safe pickup. They have a drive-through, so you're in and out. Um, it's it's just awesome, and they're great people. And I'm really excited, once again, to to be in a partnership with them. And like I've said, you know, a million times, I, I just, I absolutely believe in what they're doing and the kind of people they are. So Artisan Botanicals, abotanicalcompany.com. Everybody have a great day. Stay safe, and I will see you tomorrow. Podcast is over.